Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Howdy, 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 friends. Chief Wagon Boss Jeff Hunt leading an effort to try to deal with the radical drug culture we're facing in this state. We've been fighting this for years and years. We saw the writing on the wall that as our state embraced and our culture embraced drug use, that we were going to have serious consequences. We've seen increases in homelessness, increases in crime. But we care about people. We care about policies that lead to human flourishing. And this is one of the worst policies that's been embraced by this state, embraced by California, Oregon. Now there's legislation at the national level trying to uh, legalize marijuana federally. And if you've missed the first few segments, we've talked all about why this is a problem. Health consequences, uh, how this is really kind of big tobacco all over again. You're going to deal with uh, big increases in health problems. So go back to FrontierFreedomRadio.com to listen to those podcasts. We're talking with Luke Neferatis of Smart Approaches to Marijuana, really one of the best minds out there, executive vice president uh, on Fox News, uh, dealing with this drug culture head on. Luke, what are we seeing at the national level? Yep. So it's really interesting. We're seeing now this industry is getting into the billions of dollars. Uh, you know, I call them addiction for profit. They're making a lot of money off of a lot of addicted users. Those billions, they're now funneling into the biggest lobbying firms on K Street in D.C. And so for those of you who haven't been on the Hill, K Street is the infamous street where all the biggest lobbying firms, everything you think about the swamp, that is the swamp. Right. And so they've hired everybody in the swamp all the best and brightest in the swamp the industry has um, to do their bidding at the national level. So they're giving to people's campaigns, they're lobbying Congress. And so they've done a lot of work, uh, particularly on the Democratic side, but on both sides of the aisle uh, at the federal level. And so we just recently saw uh, Senate Majority Leader, uh, just uh, last month or two months ago now, uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer introduced the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. Um, it was a historic moment. It was the first major federal piece of legislation to be uh, introduced to comprehensively legalize marijuana. And there was kind of this comment out there that, you know, Schumer made it. He said, you know, I'm hearing that, you know, nothing's gone bad with legalization. Crime hasn't gone up. He said that crime hasn't gone up, which everyone in Colorado is like, huh, interesting. Uh, and, uh, and so let's legalize it federally. Now's the time. Um, and it's so interesting because they say, you know, let's, you know, let the states have some autonomy. And yet the bill would legalize the industry, legalize the commercialization of marijuana, but give states no recourse to defend their borders. So if you're one of the 30 plus American states that does not have legal marijuana, you're screwed because the states that have legalized it, they can ship marijuana over their borders. Um, it's very hard for these states to, to contend with that. It's already hard right now. Um, there's nothing in this bill that gives law enforcement uh, the ability to deal with the cartels that we talked about, the raging cartels from all over the world that are setting up shop in legal states. Um, and there's not even a single mention of addiction um, or uh, even youth um, in this bill uh, because they're not I guess not worried about it. Uh, and yet we're seeing the rising rates of marijuana addiction, the rising rates of use uh, among youth and young adults uh, for marijuana across uh, these legal states. Um, so anyway, that's what's being discussed right now at the federal level. And so we're taking the fight to them. Um, we're, we're working this very hard at the federal level. Um, definitely appreciate the Centennial Institute's great work. Uh, and Jeff, your leadership on that as well, partnering with you at the federal level um, on that front too. And I've also actually kind of stepped out and decided, you know what, we need to 
you know, build a better and stronger political case to remind uh, these lawmakers that they need to listen to parents and kids when it comes to drug policy, not industries that are trying to just make a profit, make a quick buck. And so toward that end, I started Protect Our Kids PAC. It's a super PAC. It is 100% parent-led. Every single parent that is a part of my super PAC either has a kid who's in active addiction or in recovery from addiction or has actually lost their child from either marijuana-related issues or other drug issues. So those are the folks that are running the train on my super PAC. And our goal is to elect candidates that will put families first when it comes to drug policy, getting drugs off our streets, not finding ways to put more drugs on our streets, which I think is common sense, but starting to kind of lose that common sense on the Hill in a lot of ways. Don't think that surprises anybody. Uh, and, and then also to attack candidates and hold them accountable who are putting the industry over our families, because I think that's despicable. And you've kept a record of this. In fact, in Colorado, there are elected officials taking money from pot industries. That's right. And I mean, we've released those lists over the years. You guys have through smart approaches to marijuana, but uh, they're they're taking money, they're building their campaigns, they're getting elected, and then they're doing the bidding for these special interest groups, which go back to the first segment. We're all free market capitalists whose primary motivation is to get as many people using the drug as they possibly can. So is it about your child's education? No, they don't care about it at all. Uh, they, in fact, would like to see your child become a user relatively early in life and then be a lifelong user. Those are the people writing checks to our elected officials and driving the policy, and you've now created this program. How do people get connected with that? Yeah, so I want you all to check out, it's protectourkidspack.com protectourkidspack.com. You'll see the pictures of the parents that I'm working with, um, and you can give, you can be a part of this movement. Right now, what we're dealing with is you have an industry that's multiple billions of dollars. They've got products that they're selling. They're making money off of what they're doing. I'm not making money off of what I'm doing. I'm fighting for families and kids. There's no money that I make off of that other than what we can raise from people who are concerned and want to give and want to volunteer. So please check out our website. Um, if you want to get more educated on the issues of marijuana and legalization, you can go to learnaboutsam.org. But I will tell you, when you have an industry with an incentive, they will give as much as they have to give to candidates to get them to do what they want to do. And the only way that we can fight against that, because we're not an industry, we're not going to sell you know, a product, um, you know, you're, there's no way we can build that alignment, is if families, parents, and communities who are concerned and upset about this will A, raise their voices, and B, not only vote, but vote with their wallets as well. Uh, because if we don't get a sustainable funding source to counter this industry narrative, then the only people that are going to be at the table with these lawmakers when they're making these decisions is going to be the industry. And so for me, it's a personal pa uh, personal passion project. I want moms, I want kids, I want families to have a seat at the table when these policies are being decided when it comes to drugs. If it's marijuana, if it's fentanyl, if we're talking about defelonizing drugs, parents and kids need to be in this discussion. Preach it. I like that. <laughs> I get passionate about well, it because we got to put them first. You know, what we're actually seeing in Colorado is legislators dealing with this personally, now pushing back at the state level. So I think it was two legislative sessions ago, they passed the bill to start to research on the potency, the effects of potency. That's right. And I remember at one time I was talking to a guy, he didn't know who I was, he, and he was an investor, a Wall Street investor in the marijuana industry. And I just threw out the idea, like what would happen if we had a potency cap? His face turned white as a ghost. Because like any other addiction industry, there's a small percentage that drives most of the revenue because they buy a ton of it. They buy every day, they are totally hooked on it. 
Uh, and they're, they're addicted to this really high potency pot. Now, when I spoke to pot, it was 78%. That wrecked my brain. If you don't like me, you can blame the pot industry because it wrecked my brain. But uh, uh, this high potency stuff is in the 80s, 90s percent, and it's highly addictive. It's like a crack cocaine version of marijuana. And they're just slinging it at stores in Colorado with no no pushback. Yeah, and it's so interesting too, and this is just a dynamic that people don't see playing out in the policy side of this. Science, every medical association, all of healthcare is unanimous about how good of an idea it is to cap the potency of marijuana because right now where it's at is extreme. It's unlimited, it's 99%. And yet we can't even get common sense regulations like that passed through our legislature we were promised 10 years ago almost that we would regulate this industry tightly, that this drug would be made safe and regulated, and we can't pass common sense regulations that the entire healthcare and scientific community agree on. And the reason why, Jeff, is because if you look at the Colorado State Department of Revenue, what products are selling in this industry, more than 50% of all the sales for this industry are the high potency products. Mm. And it's because A, they're more addictive, B, they're more in demand. So this industry, I mean, they would be crazy to support something like that because right. that's where their revenues come from. So of course they're not going to support something like that. So that's where the question becomes, do our elected representatives represent we the people and our safety and our well-being, or do they represent this industry and in making sure that their revenues continue to beat expectations and making sure that their people continue to make profits? And I would say they represent we the people, they should be putting our interests in our health and safety first, and they shouldn't be worried about what these folks' uh, bottom lines are. We're talking with Luke Neferatos of Smart Approaches to Marijuana, Executive by Vice President. He's on the front lines. Luke, we've just got about a minute left. How do people get involved? You give us a few websites before, but please reiterate those and how people can follow you on Twitter. Absolutely. So my Twitter handle is, uh, it's complicated because of my last name, but it's just my name. So at Luke Nifaratos. If you do Luke N-I-F, you'll probably find me. I'm the, one of the few NIFs in all of Twitter. Uh, and I hold that distinction with pride. So at Luke Nifaratos on Twitter, you can check out our website for Sam, uh, which is learnaboutsam.org, learnaboutsam.org. Love to engage with you there. Sign up to our emails. You'll get updates on marijuana policy, et cetera. Um, then check out my super pack. If you want to start making the case politically to your representatives, if you want them to be held accountable for putting the industry and their profits over parents and kids, um, join us, protectourkidspack.com, protectourkidspack.com. And uh, Jeff, man, what a pleasure it is to be on your show. Thank you for continuing to speak with principle and authority um, for things that our society desperately needs. We need to get that out there. Well, this goes back even to Bill Armstrong. So previous president of CCU that really turned CCU and got it the direction it's going today was passionate about this to the point he put his own funding into efforts to try to keep marijuana out of Lakewood, to try to keep marijuana out of Colorado. Why do we do this? Well, Colorado Christian University is a university on a mission to try to change our culture. We want to educate students. We're educating thousands of students on campus, online, and even through our academy program. So if you've got a high schooler, they can get a jump start on their college degree. Uh, we're not like other universities. We're a university committed to training up students well to go forth into a variety of fields all across this country, across the world, to honor and glorify Christ. So go to ccu.edu to check out the work that we're doing there. You can go to Centennial Action, sign a petition today against federal marijuana. It'll be sent to your senators. The letter's already written there. And check out the work we're doing at Frontier Freedom Hour by going to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. I want to thank our producer, Jamie Erker, Director of Communications, and Michael Apario 
for helping us out today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.